The following content will not have an official TikTok unless one of you niggas is willing to manage it. Start the show. Ask me if we were ever going to do a TikTok. Not going to happen. Do a what? A TikTok, uh, an opinions while black TikTok. Not unless one of you niggas is going to manage it. I I manage literally all the social media. What would be the point of it? I, I, and, and no one has and no one has actually answered that part of the question for me. I, I and I and I understand where they're coming from because um, I a lot of. People that are probably smarter, um, podcasting, marketing-wise than mm-hmm. me, have suggested that Reels and TikTok are probably the wave. They probably also have interns and social media people to do all that. They probably have people under 40. Correct. Who, who do all that. Correct. I I I know I don't have the mental capacity as it is. I do all the social media, mm-hmm. all the it. Many of you have complimented us on on the promotional stuff you see on social media. You're welcome. You're welcome, and I will take you. I will take your flowers, fam. Anything else past this? And the Discord. Mm-hmm. Anything else past this, I would have to hire an intern. And I don't have and, and I am also and I am unemployed and unable to pay an intern. <laughs> that will not happen. <laughs> not for a while. Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. Last I checked, I was derailed. <laughs> we'll see. It's been a long week. <laughs> to be continued. Mm. <laughs> um, it has not been determined yet. <laughs> it is episode, what episode is it? 194? 194. We getting there. 194. We, all, we are on our fucking way. How was your week, D. Randall? I, I, mean, you, I mean, you pretty much... You pretty much let us know, but uh, mental it, mental health score one to ten. I mean, my mental health is good. It it's um, it's it's just been a it's it's a seasonally long week at my job. Ah, gotcha. We'll, yes. we'll just say it. So you it's know, that time. It's that time. So, um, you know, dealing with that. But I did make sure, and until just before we started recording here, I did make sure to unplug for the whole weekend. Um, I didn't. Didn't bring any work home with me or anything like that. Okay. And it's 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 finding you. It, it finds me. I mean, we're 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 heading into the work week, and as a manager, sometimes there are things that I need to have in place before people get there on on Monday morning. But 
So without they giving it, Monday morning. without giving anything away, vocation wise, mm-hmm. it, it is commonly in the in the time that you've worked there. Mm-hmm. Is the worst of it over? More or less. Okay. I mean, more or less. Yeah. Um, you know, we we just we just go through these cycles and we deal with it. Yeah. So, so I, I, I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't say that this week was a bad week, so to speak. Sure. It's just a, just a busy one. And you know it happens. So would you? So if we if we won to tend it, would where would you believe that would put your mental health score? I'm still hovering around an eight. Okay, cool. I'm hovering around an eight. Good, good, good. What about yourself? Uh, mm, I I wanted to say seven, seven point five, but a lot of times perspective is necessary. Mm-hmm. And once you've gained a little bit of perspective. Um, it it tends to raise the bar, so I'm willing to give it. I'm willing to say an eight. Okay. Um, the the job search aspect always puts my mental health score in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, only not and not really because oh I'm, oh I didn't get this job or oh my god am I going to get that job? I haven't had that stress. But just looking at what you're up against in the market can be intimidating. I can understand that. Um, so that sometimes affects my mental health score. But I'm not on crack. I haven't been to prison. I have things going for me. Yeah. And the and the jobs that I have worked thus far tend to speak highly of me. So, you know, perspective. Uh, Also, I'm not abandoning Call of Duty. I'm just giving you niggas a, I'm just giving you niggas a break from me working you over. It's okay to say that you're taking a break from it. I am. Well, mostly I'm waiting on Modern Warfare 2. Gotcha. But I am giving the lames and the niggas who are not me and cannot beat me in it uh, a break from being defeated. So you're taking this daily. You're taking this break for the benefit of others. I am. Uh, Too gracious. Also, I've just also I've discovered Fortnite, and uh, apparently I'm a Fortnite prodigy. Oh shit! Anyone willing to test that assertion is more than welcome. Uh, we got to get you back at work before you get too good at these games. Right? I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because Call of Duty is one thing because it, 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 it markets itself as a stress reliever. Yeah. Fortnite, I keep forgetting, me and Burn both, I keep forgetting is modeled for a generation behind me. Mm-hmm. My niece plays Fortnite. So I'm beating up on. So I'm. So I'm. I, now the kids on Call of Duty are usually douchebags, and they 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 say the f word and the n word all the time. People on Fortnite are just trying to have a good time, to license content. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's a difference. But anyway, I I'll say eight. Okay. Mental health score. I'll put it at eight. Um. When Modern Warfare Two comes out. Uh, y'all better hope my mental health score is still at an eight. 
Because if it dips, because if it dips, it is over for everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a flex. So, shout out to the new listeners. The fuck are y'all doing here? Why are y'all here? Did y'all did y'all think y'all were? At, I'm not gonna say another podcast name, but did, did y'all did y'all think y'all were headed over there? I, me or Rent, we don't look anything like Joe Budden. I, I hope I don't. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that my beard looks a little oh, no. more realistic. There's far le- uh, to be fair, y'all are close to the same age, and there's far less. Really, no, there's no gray in your beard. Uh, there's, there's a little. I'm not seeing it. There's a little on the chin. Pause. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I'll say. Far, far better looking beard. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that the grays have have been limited thus far. Right, and I day. think that's a generational thing too. Yeah, it's, yeah. My father didn't really start getting grayed until, yeah, until his like late forties, early fifties. I don't say my they, my dad held that shit off for a long time. My dad, my dad passed at seventy five. Mm-hmm. I didn't start noticing the shit until probably his sixties. Yeah. Uh, and he and he always said, "I'm not gray like these other niggas," and he was not lying. Mm. So hopefully, I have something to look forward to in that regard. Um, shout out to the new listeners, the old listeners, the first times, the long times, the last times. Shout out to all our people out there on Spotify, uh, iHeart, Google, shit, SoundCloud, just basically anywhere quality content is distributed. Um, shout to all my peoples out there on Patreon. Shout to a new addition to the Patreon crew. New addition to the Discord crew. Hey, hey. Mr. Lawson Thompson. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What up, my man? Um, had a good, he had a very interesting conversation about John Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) Of all people, you know, Face Off was on. Uh, Face Off is one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, and has and 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 holds up well. You know, off uh, well, and we'll probably bring it up again. But just you know, off air, we were talking about Thomas Jane. Mm-hmm. I was this year years old when I figured out that Thomas Jane was in Face Off. Really, Thomas Jane was in Face Off. Doing what? When Caster Troy went to prison, mm-hmm. and that guy with the with the curly blonde hair goes, "Don't you remember the little people?" That was him. Yeah, that was him. Thomas Jane is a I, I the, the things that I have seen him in outside of being the Punisher. Mm-hmm. I like those white boys that have that master of disguise quality. I would not have known that was Thomas Jane. Unless I I was looking at the end credits, which I was. Shit, good for him. Yeah, I, and, and that that he's been in the business that long. Yeah, yeah, very good for him. Uh, I don't know if the Expanse is still on, but when I did watch that, he was very good at it. I want to say that they just did the last season. Okay, which I think it was season five. Oh, okay. I, I'm still. I think I made it as far as season two. I got into season two. It's it's as dense as those books are. Yeah, it, it's and I think that's been the thing for me is like there's there's a lot that happens and I just I currently don't have the bandwidth. The bandwidth. I agree. It 
That's and and that's why I think it's so loyal to the source material, which is what I call books, uh, which I I call doorstop sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of doorstop sci-fi, not to do with anything else, I'm very excited for Rings of Power, which is this week, I believe. I'm yeah, I'm I'm going to check it out. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. They spent tons of money on that shit. Amazon spent like a hundred mil. Jesus Christ. No one man should have all that money. Um, shout, oh, also, additional shout-outs. I usually don't have shout-outs after the shout-outs. Shout-out to, happy birthday, David Santiago, hey, who is hey. probably just getting back from Puerto Rico uh, being wasted and causing a fucking scandal. Um, shout-out to another one of the Discord, uh, n- another one of the Patreon crew, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Terry Crawford. I see she got to have a little uh, lake house cabin getaway somewhere. Hey, hey, hey. Um, very good for her. Um, I guess now we can start giving out flowers. Flowers while people are here. Uh, giving flowers to Tevin Campbell. Um, one of the One of the greats. I'll say... I, there are very few people in the in 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 the music game mm-hmm. that did not have a terribly lengthy career, but and we talked. I think we talked about this around it kind of briefly in the on Patreon, but that have not had kind of a lengthy career, right? But can attribute so much and pave the way for so many. Tevin Campbell is one of those people. Um. He will just forever be embedded in the culture. Right. Um, but in in particular, I wanted to shout out Tevin Campbell. Tevin Campbell just recently came out um, as uh, gay. And a lot of people reacted, uh, no duh. I was one of those people. I was like, oh, I thought we already knew that. I, too, was one of those people. Now, I... I'm slightly younger than you. That was when that, when all of that was implied, I was very young Mm -hmm. and just wouldn't. And, you know, of course, without there being social media, I was just not have been plugged into that, but I had to go back and look and that was, that was some fucked up shit that he went through as far as his sexuality, because I, there were like a few interviews, a few very public interviews. Yep. Where they kind of like railroaded him into those questions, with that nobody was really asking. Yeah, I always say that nobody was asking because nobody was really asking Luther. No, nobody. Had, nobody had a question about that. Nobody really cared. And if you were my mother, you didn't want to ask <laughs> that question. <laughs> um, and that he was railroaded into a lot of questions concerning his sexuality. And it was, it was very precursor Vlad kind of shit. And that in addition to, you know, his trouble with the law at that one, in that one incident, um, I don't know whether or not that had direct effects on his career or not. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine it was definitely a it was it was definitely a, a a speed bump. Yep. And to have gone through all that 
Because we have to remember, coming out of the closet isn't for us, for real. It is. It is not for us. It is for the person who is who is coming to terms with it. It is the opportunity to publicly and out loud live in your truth. Correct. And for all of and and yes, we all given away. And it, it, to be honest, it's actually kind of it's actually kind of a weird positive that we live in an era now where someone can come out of the closet and people can go, eh, good for them. And not really even be a bump in the media and we can just keep it and we can just keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want us to be dismissive. Given everything he's went through and given, you know, the 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 ups and downs that his career went through as short-lived as it was, um that's that's a lot of courage and to be able to be out loud and in your truth and truly spread your spread your wings within the culture. I salute him. Hit Tevin Campbell with the air horns. And I and I might have and I might have downplayed his footprint on the culture. I just anytime I think of Tevin Campbell now, I just remember this one video um, from a Peyton sip somewhere where they were playing "Can We Talk." Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, everyone in that building was singing that shit in unison. And I think we can all probably remember a time when we were outside or have been outside to this day when that happens. I was talking to my sister Latanza, who is in Philly. And I think she was at a brunch somewhere. And she sent me a voice note about something that had shit to do with shit from brunch. And you can hear in the background, everybody's singing, can we talk? That is a, that's a cultural footprint, y'all. <laughs> People that weren't born when that song was out, word for word, as if they were there and outside when that song came out. So, I just salute to Tevin Campbell, man. Um, takes a lot of courage, no matter how long it takes to, to work up to that point, so... Agreed. Congrats to him. Agreed. Um, and, and 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 even though he had those little, that little incident with the law back in the day, you never really hear about him wiling out. He minds his business. You don't hear about him going to Vlad to say some wacky shit. He's just happy where he is, man. So good for him. Uh. Humans ain't shit. I just want to impart to everyone during this time. I really want us to keep our to uh, the the pandemic is not over, and there is another one out here. I wouldn't. I don't know if I don't know if it's officially a pandemic or not. Uh, the, the monkey, but. I just want everybody to be aware of their surroundings and make good choices as far as the crowds that you inhabit. Don't try not to get it 
and try not to give it to anyone, please. That feels like an in vain warning at this point. And, you know, if you're going to do the dumb shit, you're going to do the dumb shit. I just, I feel it's my personal responsibility once in a while to break up the whatever it is that we do here. Just be clean and vigilant. To just be clean and vigilant. Thank you. Just, just, wash, just wash your hands. Stop touching the rails on the subway. Oh, uh, oh. you know, all, all so happy. Stuff. I'm so happy. With, one of the few times I'm so happy we don't have a subway here because it would be gross. The light rail is already not the optimum place to be. I have not been. I'm, no, that's that's not happening. Thankfully, I never have to take it. Oh, boy. Anyway, yeah. Just imagine. Just imagine any mode of transit that has to go by the McDonald's on Main. <laughs> A.K.A. the worst place in Houston. <laughs> that, is the worst, that is the worst block in Houston. Because across the street, you got the Greyhound Station. Because you got, right. You got the Greyhound Station. You have, that un, you have that nondescript gas station. Yep. Never going. And then on the other side, you have... Uh, that Metro Transit Center, yep. which is which, which is not so bad now that they that they have the actual Metro downtown headquarters over there and shit. Yeah. So, but still, lot of lot of room for transient bullshit. Um, last month, I guess maybe it was last month. Uh, I briefly spoke about it. when I had to, um, I had to get a room downtown because the power was out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we just could not sleep in that heat. I was on the way to work and said to myself, "Well, I'll just put a stop in and stop by that McDonald's. It's just a few blocks. It's just a few blocks away. Mm-mm. I'll just make a quick stop at that McDonald's, grab a cup, uh, grab a little breakfast, and be on the work." Mm-mm. I made that stop, fully prepared for all the fuckery that usually comes with that with that place. They have decided, I guess, they are not with the bullshit anymore. In the era of COVID, and it's like it's like going to a hood chicken spot. You have to stand outside. The door is the door is locked and metal enforced, mm-hmm. and you just have to slide your money through the or your credit card or whatever through the thing, and they just have to put it in that little uh, yeah plastic deal and slide it to you. Oh, man. They, they are not with that bullshit. They should have been doing it at that location a long time ago. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so, yeah. Um, just y'all be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. Make good choices. Be clean people. I saw some of y'all getting real lax this summer. Uh, I can't stress this enough. Hand sanitizer. Please, it's not. It is necessary. It's not the replacement of washing your hands with antibacterial soap. Wash your hands, then apply whatever you're going to apply. Y'all are nasty. Song of the week. <laughs> Song of the week. I'm gonna go with uh, some Tame Impala. Mm. Um. Some of y'all gonna be mad I didn't play the Rihanna version. Y'all be okay. 
Y'all be all right. That I shit, like that shit will get pulled. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> um, Tame Impala, new person, same old mistakes. Always in my in my head a, a sleeper classic. Pour yourself something. Get comfortable. We are going to have a wonderful podcast today. Mm-hmm. And we will be back with more opinions while black. Let's go.
And that was Tame Impala. Yep. yep. Uh, they, they do a very good live show, by the way. Oh, yeah? Very good live show. Very good. I love that song. Very good song. I like the Rihanna. I like the Rihanna version, but I definitely I definitely like the original. Um, I can always remember. I'm, worse, I'm like a Shazam. I can always remember where I first. Well, no, that's not where I first heard it. That's not true. Um. But I always remember when I saw some shit on TV, mm-hmm. like when a song when a song you really like that you think nobody knows about, and then you hear it on TV for the first time. Usually on Insecure. <laughs> no, uh, actually, this predates it. Uh, I first heard it on at least uh, mainstream wise um, on the trailer for the first season for the premiere of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It was it was and it was one of those where everybody was like, "Okay, but y'all aren't telling us what the fuck this show is about." Because it was literally just Donald Glover, Brian Henry, and Lakeith Stanfield just walking down the street to this song, and nobody understood what the connection was, none of that. And Donald Glover wasn't telling anybody what the show was about probably until days before. Well, little did they know. Four seasons later. <laughs> Nobody still knows. Still don't know what the show is about. <laughs> um, yeah. Love Tame Impala. Um, another underrated act. Um, I'll have that up on the playlist, of uh, which is available on Spotify and Apple uh, as per usual. Uh, I did want to say something that is not on the rundown. To my niggas in Detroit, get your ass off that fucking slide. Get your ass off that slide and find something else to do with your fucking time. Can I make a confession? Go ahead. I want to ride that slide. Pause. Why do people want to? Why do people want to ride on a metal slide? Why is that fun? We used to have those here. Did we? There actually used to be one. It wasn't metal. It was fiberglass. But it, it used to be located off of um, Alameda Genoa and Telephone Road. There's a, there's, ah. a, there's a used car lot there now. I remember my, my older cousin used to take us there um, when we were little. Back in the, this was back in the early 80s. So. 
And, man, that was fun, going down that big-ass slide. And seeing how violent and poorly designed this one is in Detroit. Right. I want to try it. That shit looks like a monster. Let's go. And they and what what's killing me is that they closed it down. Yeah. Because people deemed it unsafe. And niggas are still sneaking on that shit. Trying to ride it and getting hurt and wondering what the fuck happened. I'd be one of them. That shit looks like fun. Um I was I was just seeing something trending on Twitter and you might be right that uh we don't deserve social media. Um, actually, I'm going to save that for white people must be stopped. Because y'all, y'all bugging now. Um, let's see. What do I have on the rundown? Oh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, it's time for a new installment of Drake Watch. Baby. Where we talk about what Six God is doing, who Six God is doing it with, and whether or not there are coded messages to Rihanna in it. Also, there are Drake Watch t-shirts available for our Patreon listeners of the, uh, which one is it? The Drinking Buddies, the $8 tier. Um, uh, I wanted to get those to y'all immediately when we first started Patreon, uh, but uh, the bean counters between myself and Patreon all decided that it is mathematical that is mathematically and financially advantageous to you the patron and to me um the creator or us the creator um to get those to y'all now which is uh within three months of uh being a patron wow so maybe they know better than we do supply chain is what it is basically um but yeah, there um and and more merch to come. Uh there will be more Patreon exclusive merch. So another um another good uh incentive to become a patron and uh support independent black content. Um So Drake. Drake has new hair. Drake has new hair. He got his shit permed out or something. Man got a Puerto Rican booty face. <laughs> Shout out to Dallas for that trash ass hair. Oh, man, the worst haircut in the culture. Um, although Drake's doesn't look as bad as the niggas in Dallas do. Like the the niggas in Dallas, their shit is literally the black version. It's a mullet. Yeah, business in the front, party in the back. Um, so. It's just, and it's not news necessarily. It's just funny. It really, it. it I laughed immediately because we, people had just, um, people sent it to me in response to me saying that Drake just decides what nationality he's going to be from week to week. Mm-hmm. And apparently this this week he's decided that uh, he is a um, a Dominican Coke dealer on Lenox <laughs> Avenue. Uh yeah, that nigga definitely looks like the villain in Miami Vice. Well out of here looking real Washington Heights. <laughs> that nigga is definitely racing Dominic Toretto for slips. Damn. <laughs> How to make it in America look at that. 
Yeah, he he definitely promised. Uh, he definitely promised Gina Gina Rodriguez he was gonna get her out the barrio, uh, make a life out of, <laughs> make a life out of this coke this coke deal. Boy, it looks like the antagonist on the next season of Black Ink. <laughs> We got a new light skin nigga opening this shit <laughs> a block away. Hey, yo, fam, we can't have that, fam. Oh, shit. Hey, yo, what up, fam? Yeah, and, it's Drake, fam. And then all of right, and then all of right, Henry's, uh, uh, all of right, Henry's employees go to work over there. <laughs> That's exactly what's gonna happen. Yeah, I start speaking with a Torontonian accent. <laughs> hey, fam, you here for a lineup, fam? Gotcha, fam. He definitely he definitely uh sold me a fake G Shock at Sharpstown Mall. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that nigga shit is that nigga shit is out of control. And he is and, and Dion Cole took the pictures of him at the casino mm-hmm. because he definitely looks like Dominic Toretto showed up and and and, and, and told him about one last job to pull for Fast and Furious <laughs> Ten. Tiggle Calderon looking at <laughs> that nigga definitely gets his lineup in a barber shop in Harlem that plays Guantanamera all day. Damn, <laughs> Guantanamera! Don't get me started. I love that shit. Um, Man just plays a generic character at the Caribbean festival. <laughs> <laughs> Which island you from, fam? Oh man, he definitely looks like he definitely looks like uh, Miles Teller got in with the wrong people. Damn, <laughs> I'm from All Island, fam. Seen? <laughs> go on. What is the? Me- I wonder what is the Mexican version of Belly? Maybe that doesn't have shit to do with shit. That's not Narcos. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely looks like a Narcos character. <laughs> he does. Oh my God! He, what was, he looks like a nigga that was killed off early. <laughs> Better call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely came to see Gus Fring <laughs> about him making moves in the in the Empire. <laughs> he, you know what he looks? He looks like the older cousin that doesn't want the main cousin to get an education. <laughs> and he got a toothpick in his mouth and he hands him, and he hands him five hundred dollars and says, "Come see me when you want to make some real money." Fam, you spend you spend four years, man, learning how to work for the man, fam. It's time to be a man. Come work for me. What you make in a year, you make in a week with me, fam. Hey, this is for you. Hey, give this to your mother. Give this to your mother. It's like it's like five hundred bucks, dude. Don't worry which about goes, it. Which goes nowhere in twenty twenty two. Don't worry about it. I'm going to make that back by the time you get to the end of the block. And by the time he gets to the end of the block, he gets shot. <laughs> and he shows up at Coach Carter's door, covered in blood. I just want to be on the team, man. Let me not. You know what? Let me not act like that. That I watched Coach Carter, and that really was my favorite. That that was that was my part. We saw that in the theater. I was like, that was early college. They got me with that. I I tried watching Coach Clark, but all I kept seeing was uh, I mean Coach Carter, but all I kept seeing was Joe Clark from Lean on Me. It was essentially that. Yes, I was just like, I can't do it. It was that. And you know what? And what fucks me up is how is how that kind of applies to this day. That nigga really all that nigga wanted them people wanted them kids to do 
was to wear suits and wear suits on game day and sit in the front of the class. And their parents, including, of course, Octavia Spencer, showed they fucking ass. <clears throat> that was really all. He just wanted them to not flunk all their classes, wear suits on game day, and sit in the front of the class. Simple ask. And, Octa- of course, Octavia Spencer is always on the coon side of some shit. In, in these movies. In these movies. <laughs> And showed her, fu- and they showed their fucking ass. What the fuck do you mean they gotta wear a suit and tie? What the fuck am I gonna find that? And he literally looked at them like I would have, like I would suggest to myself, and go, "Nigga, Salvation Army. What the fuck you saying? I'm poor? You just said it. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. That's all that man. That's all that man wanted. These kids, and they showed their ass. You are poor. And it- <laughs> But it's okay. It's okay. I was gonna say, Coach Carter didn't look like he was doing that much better himself. He wasn't. He was working that job in the movie. If you look closely, he was working that job in between trying to run a, a, a sporting goods store in the hood. Like he's a school coach. <laughs> what do you? He, yes, he is poor too. He's telling you where he got his suit. Like, what more do you want from him? Correct. Um, and you know what? This was not, this was also not in a rundown, but history is repeating itself. Um, as long as we're talking about Coach Carter, okay. So Deion Sanders has insisted that his students sit at the front of their classes. Mm-hmm. That his players sit at the front of their classes and wear suits on game day. Okay. And the students are fucking livid are on social media showing their fucking asses. Fam, now look, I get it because I understand because I understand it's a new day and all that shit. However, this is one of the things that I thought because the era of high school and collegiate sports that I grew up in and experienced, that was just a part of it. Yeah. That was just a, especially in Texas that was just a part of it. <clears throat> I always thought that, that that tradition never stopped. Now, I don't know about sitting in the front of the class. That's always I, I, That's been a thing, but it's always been kind of spotty from, you know, depending on how seriously where you are takes their sports. Yeah, but it, that would require them to actually show up to class. Also true. Yes, very true. But suits on game day? That I... I thought that didn't go anywhere. I thought that was just normal. Or if you couldn't, or if you didn't, just, just a, or they usually let you get away with just a button down, a tie, and whatever khakis you can find. Yeah. Fam, I'm, I I hate to be the respectability politics guy because I'm usually the one who's like, why the fuck are all of y'all wearing suits? But I'm not against this. I'm not against this only because Dion is trying to prove a point and trying to change the way we do this. He's been very adamant about this. And he's an old school nigga. So sometimes that's going to mean him going back to some old school shit. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is crazy. 
like I said, I am not a fan of respectability politics, but I don't think this falls under that purview. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's a dress code. He he just wants these kids to hold themselves to a higher standard than not only that not only the school holds them to, but just on a societal level that these that people hold them to. And granted, society should hold them to a better standard anyway. But I think you I think when you're trying to change the game like he is, I think you have to make a statement that we're taking this seriously. I mean, there's two sides of it. I I'm not I'm not opposed to that. Um, there's two sides of it. There, there is a there is the one side that's critical of it, where you're like, well, we're just, we're just, um, you know, we're just holding people to the same Eurocentric standard of of dress right. and conformity as, as blah 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 whoopie whoop. Right. But it's not it's not really about how you dress. It is about presenting yourself in a way where people will take you seriously. And and as sellout-ish as this might seem, mm. a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, in, even when they approach me, for example, um, informally about things, I can't take it seriously if you come at me on some on some uncultured twine type shit. You know, right. if, if you come and you can't you can't speak clearly to me, and I can't understand what the fuck you're saying, and you look shifty, and you look like. You, you talk about being successful and being the model of success, but you look bummier than I do. I know that sounds very judgmental, but at the same time, if you are, if, if at some point in your life, you want to make yourself marketable in some capacity, whether it is in sports or whether it is in, you know, in other lines of business, you, you know, it's, it's just how society is. They say dress for the job you want. Exactly. And the job that you want may not require you to wear a suit, but it may require you to be at least cognizant of what's presentable for the thing that you want to do. Right. And, 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 I, and I also understand the double standard there because I've said, because, you know, people say all the time, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg has been marketed publicly all his life as uh, being filthy rich but dressing dusty. That was literally how they how they characterized him in the movie about him. Right. So I understand the double standard at work. Um, but I also sometimes wonder about the st- if there are going to be standards that we establish for ourselves as a culture mm-hmm. and what those standards are going to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be a suit because I'm the nigga who thinks that forces are dress shoes. Um <laughs> But for these young people trying to make a statement about how they're trying to change the landscape of uh, college football, not only for themselves, but for people that come after them, for young black men that come after them, I think you have to make a statement at some point. Right. So I'm, so I'm, I'm not mad at it. Um, but, if, but, again, if they decided to go back on it and never wear suits, I I I wouldn't care. I'd still take them seriously. Right. But that's just me. And I understand you gotta you gotta do something to make the people on the conservative end um, of the culture happy because you want to because you want to galvanize everybody t- towards this. So I get it. Also, you know, a lot of y'all niggas, man, 
when y'all are walking around just in your normal day to day, however you look, and y'all try to emulate like the rappers and shit that that you feel right are good stylistic choices, y'all just look whack in general. So, I was gonna say. So hopefully this is just saving y'all from just looking whack. I was gonna say everybody doesn't recreate the model well, right? Because I remember, um, I, I, as as a nigga with with locks himself, I want the Killmonger to stop. The Killmonger look. I want that. That we we can be done with that. None of y'all have pulled it off well. And if you knew the making of Black Panther and what it took. To make that look work, mm-hmm. I want y'all to stop. Remember when Rihanna first came out and she had that mohawk and shit? Yeah. And then uh, folks came out with their hair and they looked like fucking roosters? <laughs> it's the same thing. Having said that, for the fellas, I do. I want the Killmonger to stop. I, I really do. I, I would be forever grateful. Um. Oh, Hove. Hove has a new verse on something. <laughs> God so, did. So I was ready. And I put it on the Friday list that I had no intention of seeking the verse out. None. I just, I, I, and I was like, I'm sure it's of quality because Hove is a genuinely talented lyricist. Uh, I'm, I'm, who knows? Maybe despite being from Khaled, the song is even a bop. Maybe. Who knows? I just did not have a want to seek it out because I just wasn't interested in anything else that the guy who came up with Black Entrepreneur had to say. Um, having said that, as I predicted, it did. It it has it is making the rounds on all the usual suspect podcasts. And all these podcast and all these pretentious ass podcasters are going to be quoting it for at least the rest of the month. Of course, not the rest of the month, or at least September. Um, so I did hear it. LLC Twitter's uh, patron saint is uh, <laughs> is at it again. Is always at it, never stop, never lost. Um, I will say it is not a bad verse. There's a lot of hype around it. It's not a bad verse. Um, it's a very long verse. It's. I will say that it is the best verse that he has come out with in some time, or at least as far as features go. Um, I have said for a long time. I said I. I'm. I might have said it on Patreon. I might have said it on the free show. Hove has not had a good feature since Pound Cake. Pound cake was the last time I heard something that went, that nigga ate that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Randall's weighing it right now. <laughs> I mean, he aight. And I'm also a hater, but you know, he aight. Um it, it was, you know, it it was It was uh, I don't dislike Jay Z, but what what kind of turned they, me they, off they, was that you're already seeing videos of young guru analyzing the verse before the, the album. Even yeah. So the thing is, you have to understand, man. Jay said this. And see, when he layered it with this and then this, then you got, oh, shit. Oh, there's another podcast that I won't name, but 
them old niggas definitely went diff, definitely tried to pull the Pythagorean theorem out of that shit. Y'all, the nigga made some words rhyme. <laughs> talking about the same shit he always talks about. I was going to say. The, he the, talks about being wealthy. I was going to say, the overall sentiment of the verse has not changed from anything Hove has done in the past decades, which is, I am richer than you. I have created other people richer than you. Yes. That is it. That is it. Having said that, the verse is a bop. I, I'll give it to him. I went back and listened to it again. The verse is a bop. Uh, he definitely outshined um, his colleagues, Wayne and Ross. Although Wayne, although Wayne showed up, I, I, now, and I will give him that. That is the best Wayne feature I have heard in a while. He showed up on that one. Um, I have a hard time saying when Ross showed up on something because there's not much to take from a Ross verse. Ugh. I mean, he just sounds good over the beat. No that, one to date, no one has been able to name a legendary Ross line for me. Because he's it, a paint by numbers rapper. Whip it real hard. Whip it, whip it real hard. That's that's the one. That's the one. That's what you calm down. <laughs> I I did I'm not saying it was the greatest. I'm just I'm just throwing It's memorable. I'm just throwing fair stuff enough. out there. Okay, fair enough. So it's a Khaled album, y'all. Also true. It is Y'all ain't gonna listen to the rest of the albums. It is a patchwork quilt of who is supposed to be hot right now. Not even that. The people that are usually hot on Khaled albums. Yeah. Nas was probably on there. Drake was probably on there. Drake was on there a couple times. I don't know about Nas. Um, John Legend was probably on a few hooks. Kanye was on there with Eminem on the same song. What? (laughs) God did. I didn't even ask for that. Like I like no one really asked for that. That don't even go together. They said we couldn't do it. Yeah, it's the same old shit. They said we would never make it. We the best. They didn't believe in us. You know who did though? God did. That literally was the beginning. And Hove did. And I, I did like how Hove flipped that. Um to say Hove did? <gasps> Yeah, gasp. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> gasp. You know. So, is it changing the landscape of? It, it, has it changed anybody's top ten hove verses? Probably not. It's not for me. It's not even better than success. Success is one of my favorite hove verses. He ate that shit. Um. But no, I. There have been far better features. There have been far better features from Hove. Um, I I don't even think he wrote the beat as good as he usually does. Um, but I'm happy everybody else is happy with it. The Jay Z Dick Riders will will be satisfied for another year or two. Um. Until he shows up and eats another push verse. Um, uh, speaking of billionaires that Hove allegedly made, I have issues with Kanye West and his fucking 
hobo chic, his latest hobo chic garbage bag clothes. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Kanye has so has a line of his homeless people clothes at the Gap, and they're literally in trash bags. They're that's they're that's the display. They're in large garbage bags. Let me tell you something. They're not even organized. There's no sign. There's no signage. No prices. They're not organized by size. You just have to dig through the bags to get what you want. As someone who has spent most of his life working retail, this angered me to no end. And if I didn't hate Kanye West before, I definitely hate him now. The gap is equally to blame. Oh, oh, also, of course they are. I mean, they, it's, they, they, they obviously have some type of decision as to how their stores are being presented, I guess you would say. See, but I, you know, I, I expect from the beginning for a major retailer like that to not be worth a damn. I should expect Kanye to not be worth a damn by this point, but all of that is shitty. And I can just imagine how shitty that's going to be. People are going to dig through that shit. They're going to leave all the shit they don't want on the floor. Mm -hmm. They're going to leave it. They're not going to bring your attention to anything. They're just going to leave a bunch of shit in the fitting rooms. They're going to throw a bunch of shit at the counter and ask you to scan it, see how much it is because there's no signage. How does it... Oh, the... um, um, does it run small? It it showed up in a garbage bag. I don't know. <laughs> From a working class perspective, it, man, I hate that shit. And that's one of the things I always hate about retail. People walk up to folks that make $13 an hour and ask them shit that the manufacturer don't know. Yeah. Is this hypoallergenic? Would you fuck off? You can't even, with Kanye shit, you can't even really ask, do y'all have this in the back? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't see this show up. <laughs> they showed up in the bag just like this. Just like this. I, I, I thought this was, I, uh, honestly, I thought this was going to the recycle. I got written up because I almost took this out. For real. And as somebody that allegedly made his, that part of his, his story was him working at the Gap. And being exploited for being the for for being the nigga in the front. As someone who worked retail, and part of why I liked Kanye West in the first place was that he gave me working was that he gave me working class rapper vibes. Mm-hmm. This is gross. It's nasty to me. It really is. From a working class perspective, it's a lot of, and a lot of podcasters ain't going to say this because a lot of podcasters are trying to sell you a different lifestyle than either they actually live or that is just not tenable for regular people. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the problem with podcast with, with podcasting for podcasters um, 30 and under. Yeah, I said it. And you can tell them I said it. Um, they're trying to sell you a lifestyle that probably is not realistic. Mm-hmm. 
um, especially in the middle of a recession over uh, two different pandemics. So it's nasty to me when you made your name on being a regular nigga. And I know he has evolved far from regular nigga status um, in almost a 20-year time period. Mm Mm-hmm. But this just putting just putting icing on the cake is just gross to me. Um, it, there's no consideration for the actual execution of marketing or sales um, on a on a ground level. And because I spent so long working at a retailer where everybody there worked from the ground level. Mm-hmm where everybody you saw in management or otherwise, except like accounting, um, worked from the ground level. It's just gross to see. And even for a nigga who is just far detached from reality at this point, I expected better. And and it's partly my fault because I shouldn't have. Um, So that concludes uh, this week's segment of Fuck Kanye West. Um, What else is going on? Vanessa Bryant was awarded $16 million in damages uh, for um, the dissemination of those photos from Kobe Bryant's uh, fatal helicopter crash. Good. Good. I, and, 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 it, and I should mention that the, fam, that the other family that was involved in that crash was also awarded some money. I don't know exactly how much. Um, good. Because, and I hope that the people that disseminate those photos are held accountable at some point along the way. Yeah, they were police officers. They were actual law enforcement officials. They didn't share the photos outside of the department, but the fact that... It happened so fast. Yeah. They they put two and two together. That's nasty. It's nasty. And... and, It's, again, history repeating itself because I feel like this is, you know, and I get the the media did not kill Kobe Bryant in the same way that the media once upon a time killed Princess Di. But it's all bound to happen again. And the fact that we're, and the fact that such sensationalism is taken from it is just gross to me. And it just shows another side of how fucked up law enforcement is. And another way that law enforcement um, profits from black death and black harm um, outside of just outright beating our asses. The whole thing is nasty, and Vanessa Bryant, isn't she giving it to charity? Yeah, they're giving it to a family charity that they created. Wonderful. Wonderful. Anytime we can make money off of these fucking crackers, uh, applause, white people. Absolutely. Speaking of making money off of these crackers, uh, John Boyega... Um, said in an interview that he is done and he is good and he will not be appearing in any more Star Wars shit. Wonderful. Another one. Wonderful. 
Did they invite him? I don't know. <laughs> well, Star Wars is so in the. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 and he's I'm, had, I'm he's been joking. so public about the shit he said. I don't imagine they would. Yeah, I get it. I get his sentiment totally. I mean, there were there were times where he felt unprotected by the way that that people came after him. That other people, that for other people, Lucasfilm and whoever jumped to the defense of right. And he has every right to feel that way. I mean, and they did his character dirty. Yeah, they 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 wasted his character. Like there was like there were actual other plans for his character. I believe. Mm. I think I, I I think what I read was that he was set up to eventually become a Jedi, next to the white girl. But then they decided that the white girl and Adam Driver made for a better storyline, and they were wrong. Oh, they were so wrong. Um, that just looked awkward. Well, the good thing is he's on track to do a lot of other shit, and, and he can actually grow a lot from Agreed. the Star Wars universe. Star the, and the thing about being on Star Wars is that it's a good it's a good flex. Correct. But for most people, it doesn't necessarily translate to a lot of success outside of the Star Wars universe. I agree, because I don't think we're going to see Daisy Ridley anywhere else. And, and you might. But the thing is, you might see her somewhere else. But I guarantee if it's something that's at least halfway decent, it'll help her pop off more than than Star Wars did. Correct. Like, And to be fair, it didn't help anything that the fandom hated her, too. Because the worst fan, because Star Wars is definitely the worst fandom in the fucking world. Star Wars is the worst fandom in the world. The only the only yeah. fandom that might yeah be- yeah, I, I you're right because I, I think about some of the people that I know that are Star Wars fans and how bearable they are at being Star Wars fans. You're correct. Horrible. I remember one time it looked like Rick and Morty fans were going to overtake them. Hey 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 hey. I'm one too. Hey. I know I know I'm one too. But uh, that fandom is actually I was. Somebody brought it up uh, recently. Their fans are actually smart. I would say they're smart and they've calmed down, actually. The the days of, like, since the Skechuan sauce incident have long passed, I think they've calmed down. Now, there's a a minimum IQ that you have to have in order to be into Rick and Morty. Well, that's true, too. And Star Wars fans are mean to everybody. Rick and Morty fans are just mean to Dan Harmon. Well, Star Wars fans have had 40 years to justify why a glorified B-movie is as influential <laughs> as it's been. And we know it's true. Like, it's, it's, a, it's the world's most successful B-movie and more franchise. Than, and more than that, it's, it's, just, it's the world's most successful marketing campaign for toys. Also true. It's, it is, because there was a whole time when Star Wars was still on top selling everything and no content was being created. Yeah, like after the original trilogy, there. I mean, you might have gotten like the Ewoks cartoon at one point. Mm-mm. No content was being created, Mm-mm. and they were still selling toys as if it had just been released. Yeah, that's the appeal of it. And so I'm happy that John Boyega has made his footprint in that marketing campaign for now and for always. Um, 
I, I did see the trailer for that movie he has coming up. The Breaking. With, uh, Michael K. Williams. With Michael K. Williams. Yeah, it looks hard. Quite hard. And I was ready to make fun of it. I was like, oh, he on his John Q shit. No, that shit look hard. Yeah. I, I would say. And, he, and also, oh, and I did just hear, he's doing um another Attack the Block movie. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. actually excited about that. Joe Cornish, they, they said he's definitely doing that. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Because I saw Attack the Block again recently. Holds up perfectly. Still holds up, yeah. Still holds up. Saw a lot of faces that I've seen now. Uh, Doctor Who was in that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, I, I I like that. So I'm I'm happy to see him having other things on the burner. Um, hopefully not including Pacific Rim. Um, not the best sequel. Um, what else we got? I feel like I had something that I didn't put on the on the uh, rundown, but actually, I think that's a good place to take a break. Um, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. Y'all know what it is: sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Mm-hmm. Pour up, clap, white people. And we're back. We are black. We are opinionated. And we're having a good time on a Sunday afternoon. Um, not really drunk, but some light spritzer type. You know what I'm saying buzz adjacent. Buzz adjacent. They're you know they're not paying us, so we won't mention it. Um, it is time for white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people. Skirt, skirt. White people have been, they have been speeding in the wrong lane lately. A lot of white, a lot of fucking up going on. Mm. A lot of fucking up, a lot of shady shit going on. Uh, I did want to mention Nick Saban, um, Alabama's demigod. College football coach. College football demigod coach um, has has uh, signed a contract. Dude, oh, he didn't like on, that. Man. He didn't like that shit. Come on, man. He must have bet against Alabama. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't rock with Alabama like that. Fuck that roll tide shit. Yeah, roll tide. You suck a dick. Okay. All right, well, thank you for your input. Thank you for your input. Okay, now go back and lay down somewhere. Um, Damn, my dog doesn't like Nick Saban. You know it's real. I would say he definitely lost some money on on, on (laughs) a couple of these championships. Um, Signed a contract for $93 million until 2030. Jesus Christ. Um, I... I don't have anything to substantiate my take on this. As per usual, y- y- y'all don't come here for factual information anyway. <laughs> um but my deep dive is I feel like when I feel like when big contracts like this get signed, 
it's because they're seeing something in the tea leaves. To me, mm-hmm. Dion changing the landscape and galvanizing resources the way he's been doing. Mm-hmm. The white people see something in the tea leaves. And the white people have pulled their champion to the side and said, get this nigga out of here. They have pulled him to the side. They added some numbers to a check and said, fam, do not fail us. And they have sent their, they have sent their champion forward to secure another another ring. It's all playing out like Friday Night Lights. Well, I, I think... There was definitely a dinner happening where somebody said... that. Where, you, you remember Friday Night Lights when they looked at Billy Bob Thornton and said, that big nigger ain't going to break? For those of you not keeping score at home um one of the one of the big concerns that the larger ncaa campus colleges have is that uh deon sanders has proven that he can attract talent to an hbcu and actually in the last year alone and i don't have the stats in front of me right a significant number of top tier recruits have opted to go to hbcus versus some of these typical powerhouse universities correct and a big part of it is they're going to a uh, to a culture and a program that understands them, right? And and doesn't just simply make them a cog in the machine. And I'm I'm oversimplifying the answer. So a lot of these colleges are concerned that if that trend continues, they won't be able to attract top tier red black talent <laughs> on their campuses. And you know the thing is. People are smartening up. So we know, we know that the odds of making the NFL are extremely low. Right. Um, it, it is not lost upon me also. Excuse me. Sorry, y'all. That, uh, you know, with the recent name and likeness ruling that passed that allows college kids to now make money off of their likenesses being used while in college. Correct. Uh, the the bigger threat to a lot of these institutions is that some folks will completely bypass the the sports farm system altogether. Yeah, uh, figure out a way to to monetize their names and likenesses while they're in college, and build upon that, and completely bypass the NFL or whatever other shitty organization that they can. Right. And again, this scares them because that that takes them out of the farm system for. Nick Saban and a lot of these other folks. So they're, they're giving the man more money so that he can make them more competitive and stop these darkies from going to the HBCUs. Speak on it, son. I have nothing to prove this, but it's true. It's true. I, I mean, blatantly. Um, Deion Sanders and, the, and just recent developments like Rand, that Randall has mentioned um, are upsetting the status quo. And the status quo is when there's this much money involved, will do anything to protect itself. Anything. Uh, even, even hand out a punishment for someone who sexually abused women in massage parlors. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, Deshaun, that's going to be that. that I, I can't stress enough 
how nasty that whole business is. It's how desperate the NFL is. They're trying to actually do the right thing. I was going to say, <laughs> you know shit's gotten weird. Um, and, uh, and, of course, the... And of course, the media around sports entertainment doesn't want to see this go another way. Um, just a random thought on how bullshit sports entertainment's become. First take was in Dallas this week, and it is not lost on me that Stephen A. Smith spent. The, I I've never seen Molly Kiram Rose. Annoyed visibly, this to this degree, she looked like she wanted to slap the fuck out of Stephen A. Because you know they always do it out, you know, out outside of the stadium. Mm. Man, he was just spent the entire episode trolling the fuck out of Dallas Cowboy fans. Now, don't get me wrong, nobody appreciates a good troll of Dallas Cowboy fans than myself. However, Stephen A. sounded like the fucking wrestling heel. And for him to talk so much talk about professionalism. Was this the same interview where he he was being interviewed by the lady and he was just making like halfway lewd references to her? No. Okay, that was an older one then. No. Never mind. No, this was very recent. This was literally this week. Okay. Um, And I get it also in part because Michael Irvin was there. But uh, he sounded it, it sounded like when the wrestling heel comes out and mm. everybody boos him and they just want to they 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 want to hear more and man fuck off. I, I Molly Molly wanted to slap the shit out of him. That was just that was my take from it. It's a lot of forehead to slap too. It's <laughs> a big target. Um uh oh, we got to talk about Biden and his student loan forgiveness. So, uh, Joe Biden is elected to forgive, what, $10,000 mm-hmm. of student loan? Um, the, first thing we have to, the first thing we have to highlight is that anytime, whatever number white people give you, they have three times that at least to solve the problem. I have a friend of mine who is... Uh, in an on, I don't want to bring up their name or what in an ongoing lawsuit over getting injured on the job in unsafe conditions uh in these people's place of business this has been going on for like 4 years now and they have finally they they finally called him I heard the I heard the the voicemail they called him and said call me Maybe there's something we can do to make this go away. This is a life-changing injury. He cannot work again. They offered him like $40,000. This is life-altering now. They they offered him $40,000, which probably wouldn't cover his medical bills. That only told me that they had three or four times that much to offer to make the situation go away and that the judge is going to make them pay three or four or five times more minimum. It'll be way more than that. Minimum. There'll be two commas in there. Correct. To make the situation go away. So he told them to suck a dick. 
Um, $10,000 is not nothing in terms of student loan. However, the average student loan, the average, the average student's loan totals tend to run within twelve to 15000 Again, not nothing. It also tells me that they've done that math. This is all they really give a fuck about giving, and they could make it all go away. But it's a start. But there's a sector of in this country, there's a sector of wealth that is accumulated because of debt. I mean, our economy is mostly based on debt. Correct. Um, so there are a lot of people that want to protect the status quo, but they want to look like they care to. Cannot ride two horses with one ass. Sorry. We know y'all don't give a fuck. And the other side of this is that this would be impressive if anyone gave a fuck. Black people black people's um solution to all this is just to keep not paying that shit. I've always known that to be black people's but also, solution. But also this is a this is a gesture in the right direction. It's it's not complete It's not nothing. It's not complete. Uh, student debt erasure but it's a step in the right direction and it also I mean one cannot help but believe that it was strategically timed to come just before midterms also true so on on the one hand you're putting the carrot in the stick for you know for your voting base also you're giving the opportunity to expose the hypocrisy of your opposition Ah, yes. A lot of them were quick to jump up and saying, you know, this is bullshit. You know, why should I pay? You know, why should I pay the tuition of doctors and lawyers and other people who can afford it? I paid down my student loans. Everyone else should have to do the same thing, too. And uh, in response to it, the petty ass White House, the White House came back with receipts and they showed where pretty much. Everyone that was beating their chest the loudest mm-hmm. about why they should have to uh, cover somebody else's debt had, in fact, had some of the biggest totals I've ever heard in PPP loan uh, uh, forgiveness. Yep. Marjorie Taylor Greene had like $183,000 yeah. in PPP loan forgiven. Yep. Another guy, uh, let's see. Some, some people had it in the millions. Millions, yes. And, um, and for every single one that posted, the White House responded with the exact dollar amount that they were forgiven. That's some petty shit. Followed by crickets. They were prepared for it. That was hilarious. When someone when uh, when when Biden announced it, and someone came at him and said the same thing in the interview, he turned around. He was like, "So, all these billionaires that get away with these tax loopholes that you can't take care of, that you can't take advantage of, we aren't screaming about that." But we're talking about this and just turn this back like fuck out of here. And, and it does not escape my notice as a as a person that does in fact believe in the Judeo Christian God. Um it does not escape my notice how many of these people pro, pro, profess to be religious when the whole basis of your religion is someone else paying an unpayable debt 
in your name. Correct. <clears throat> I, I just just my thoughts. Um. So yeah, I'm happy for anybody that this is uh, taking a taking a monkey off their back. Um. Anytime somebody can get some debt relieved, I'm happy for them. Uh, oh, man. Forgot this one. John Bernthal. One of the few likable white boys in Hollywood. One of the few likable white boys out there that doesn't, that doesn't really get into bullshit. Uh, you'll, know, uh, you'll know Shane from The Walking Dead. The Punisher. Um... He's got American Gigolo coming up. Um, that looks pretty good. Um, he has a podcast. I think it's called Real Ones. Um, he has a podcast where, to be fair, he does have a history of bringing on people that do incite having difficult conversations. Um, you know, he's had cops on there. He's had veterans on there. Um he had Shia LaBeouf on his podcast. Shia LaBeouf, most notably, has been accused of, uh, and I, I guess at this point admitted to, uh, sexual assault. Um, and Twitter did not welcome John Bernthal having, having this guy on his platform at all. They dragged the fuck out of him, actually. Um, uh, and I kind of understand both sides. I understand that people just have an overall fatigue with these people getting platforms, with these people uh, getting platforms to have these redemption arcs and shit. On the other hand, because me and Randall did text about this, and he kind of, and, and I also understand that a lot of the fervor is because the person that was uh, that was. Um, the victim has a it, it is someone that has a bit of a following and a bit of kind of a rabid following at that. So I get that's gonna be kind of the the foundation of a lot of this fire. Well, I don't know, Randall. Randall has a his. I, this, know, this is kind of Randall's take. Yeah, I I um one of the things about the the social media era is that the mob mentality very quickly kicks in for a lot of people and people pile on to snowball opinion, snowballing opinions. And, you know, when, when people were reacting to the clip of John Bernthal's podcast with Shia LaBeouf on there, a lot of them just reacted. Why would you give a platform to a person that did this and blah, blah, blah. And it, and it demonstrates that people are no longer capable of nuanced thought. Like, if, they, if you actually looked at the context of the clip, the first thing that I noticed was that John Bernthal told Shia LaBeouf, one of the responsibilities of, of me, if I'm being a friend, is first and foremost to hold you accountable for what you did and to call you out on your shit. Another responsibility that I have if I'm, if I'm supposed to be around you is to make sure that you never do it again and that you work to correct whatever it is about you that led you to this. And, and Shia LaBeouf was very conciliatory and, and very, I mean, he was very in tune with what John Bernthal was saying. 
came across as contrite and apologetic. Now, forgiveness is for the victim. We fully understand that. That is, and that is my big thing. Forgiveness is for the victim. But in this case, for people to condemn John Bernthal for having Shia LaBeouf on there, it's being short-sighted, and it's also, it's also just kind of characterizing it as something that it's not. To me, this is different. This is different from Dave Chappelle going on Netflix and doubling and tripling and, and tripling down about about his trans biases. So you're saying there was no caping that you could it, see it, from the that, from the, did, from the it, clip it, that it, I saw. It didn't frame it in a in a way correct, of caping. Correct. And again, I don't know what the rest of it looks like, but for the for the clip that people were reacting to, people were just reacting to the presence of Shia LaBeouf being on there and not looking, not taking a nuanced look at what was actually being said. Because one thing that we have to remember is, <laughs> I understand I understand in a lot of ways what some celebrities or whatever you want to call it have against cancel culture. Is that a lot of people, a lot of people take whatever this, whatever this person did and they, they write them off to the ends of eternity. Which in many cases, it's, it's, act, it's very Deserved. much justified. And again, acknowledging that forgiveness is for the victim, in terms of this particular thing that people are reacting to, this is different from the Dave Chappelle's and the Louis C.K.'s and the other people who don't seem to quite get why people are mad at him and are, and are being defensive about it. He's not just strong and wrong. That is correct. And, and this is one of those things where, you know, it may not hurt you to actually listen to the whole thing and figure out for yourself if this is something that that seems to be more of a detriment to what Shia LaBeouf should be doing. Now, I don't have all the information, so I don't know if if he has made peace or, or if he has reached out to atone in terms of having a dialogue with the victim. I don't even know if the vic- I don't even know if the victim in question wants to have that dialogue, right? Or has heard him clearly because it's she she would be well within her rights to never hear from or see him again. And even in the clip, I mean, he acknowledged himself that he did wrong. So that it wasn't him being it wasn't even him being defensive about it as well. Which again, I think a lot of people just kind of skimped, kind of glossed over. So whether or not he was able to speak to the victim, at least within the context of this clip, there was acknowledgement. Of, of, of what he did. There was acknowledgement that it was wrong. There, there were acknowledgements of accountability. And I'm like, what? If people have a it's problem a with that simply being a quote-unquote platform, it does not seem like he's using that platform to elevate his position. Right. So people got people to gotta slow the fuck down sometimes and, and stop being so quick to just be like, you know what, man, this person tied his shoes wrong. Fuck him. Cancel this motherfucker. No. Yep. I, I understand. I know. He didn't yeah. do a Kevin Spacey. Well, also you know, correct. He didn't do a Kevin Spacey. Also correct. And, you know, again, I am not I am not trying to speak up for or apologize for anything that he did. I'll say we are we are not no. in defense of white boys. No. Uh rapey white boys on this podcast. But I'm just saying, like, don't, you know, to to John Bernthal's credit at least. You you owe it to fully understand what the um, to to fully understand the the content that he's providing before you you just completely um, denounce right. him. Right. 
And he's, he hasn't shown me anything leading up to this that would yeah. tell me that he was going to go out and cape for a right. rapist at all. Um, and so, uh, you know, there are people, like I always say, um, there are people that are more than willing to have the conversation. Van Lathan has always been like this, and he's always and he's has a history of having people on his podcast um, that make me cringe. Um, I didn't know what the fuck to say when he had academics on. Um, and honestly, the the most recent interview he did with uh, Glasses Malone was just. <sighs> Drove me crazy, but uh, I, I mean, I, I, I give credit to the people that are willing to have these conversations because I'm, I'm more than, I am more than honest about the fact that I am not one. I am not. Mm-hmm. I don't have the bandwidth or the patience. So if somebody's having the conversation, good for them. Won't be me. <laughs> not in this lifetime. But the flip side of that is, if it's one of your friends or people that you rock with. I definitely want to pull them in and hold them accountable and really understand and hope th- and, and help them to understand why this is no good. Sometimes you just got to call them out on this shit. You do. What you did was fucked up, man. Having said that, because I was ready to make jokes, <laughs> Bernthal better watch his ass. Yeah. Uh, that Marvel money, because that Marvel money is calling his name again, and Kevin will... Definitely, uh, Kevin will multiverse your ass right out of there, and Frank Grillo will be doing your part. Yeah, Thomas Jane still ready. Thomas Jane waiting in the wings, jumping at the bit. Uh, honestly, honestly, Dolph Lundgren would answer the call if they called him. True. True. Uh, yeah. So don't don't play like that. Uh, DC and Warner Brothers may play them games. Kevin does not. Nah. Everybody who fucks up over there gets their shit together eventually. Yeah, once they open up that whole multiverse thing, like, anybody who's ever played that shit is welcome back. <laughs> I'll say, you can get the fuck out of here. Ray Stevenson's like, what you say now? Exactly. Um, I, I will also say, this was not in the rundown. The internet is on one with these white, with these white people. So, Sydney Sweeney is being dragged. Hey, y'all. Come on, y'all. <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta hear both titties. I mean, both sides. <laughs> um, yeah, they coming to get her ass because I, she had, like, she was at a some family gathering. Yeah, and I don't know why people assumed. Like, I guess somebody was at her family gathering and they assumed that uh, they were racist. Well, they they, they assumed that it was MAGA MAGA themed. Ah, that's what they were assuming. Now, I don't know if I showed you this. This was sent to me early today. This is a photo of her with her mother and her grandmother. And someone was basically saying, oh, oh shit. she got them titties from her mom. Oh, no. <laughs> and then the response at the top was, and this is very true. This is very true. You never think about stuff like this. Um, you know, them supple white titties ain't come from no liberal gene pool. <laughs> yes, sir. Those are indeed some redneck titties. I would say those are some those are some uh, some Fox News anchor person titties. Definitely, those titties definitely voted for Trump. <laughs> and will vote for Trump a third term. Those titties were there January sixth. <laughs> Certainly, 
<laughs> those titties were those titties definitely had the buffalo costume on. Those titties had two point three million in PPP loans forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, y'all y'all is Sydney Sweetie alone. Those bro. titties have a new segment on Tucker Carlson's show. <laughs> what? Oh no, those. Man, let me tell you, the family is not going to know what to do when those titties bring home a black boyfriend. <laughs> well, there was also a meme that said, because uh, remember, she had a black boyfriend on the show. Sure did. So there was, there was just a meme. So that's that, what happened to McKay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's why we saw him one time in season two and never again. He showed up at that cookout. They were like, you who now, boy? <laughs> It's like I'm, I'm just a friend for the show, from the show. Oh man, let me find out those titties are a sundown town. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> oh no, uh, those titties know the 14 words. Oh <laughs> no! Oh man! No! Oh man! That's, so those titties are what? Uh, those titties are what Martin Sheen was talking about in Judas and the Black Messiah when he was like, what are you going to do when your daughter brings home a Negro male? Uh, oh, that was... He said it like that, too. He sure did. Woo. Even 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 uh, Jesse Plemons didn't know what to do with that shit. Those titties said, come take my guns. <laughs> <laughs> Those titties are ready to secede from the union. <laughs> Got them don't tread on me titties. <laughs> Come and take it. Send your racist stories, send your real life racist <laughs> encounters, along with your listener letters, questions for myself, D. Randall, or anyone else you see on this podcast. <laughs> God damn! At least once an episode, we we just go all just well, well all, beyond where we all the be. way out of pocket. Uh, please send those to opinions while black at gmail dot com. Them titties, though, man. <laughs> Maybe those titties will be recast in the place of a uh, old girl that's leaving you for you. Oh no, <laughs> not the cam girl. Uh, or you can log on to opinionswildblack.com <laughs> where you can find out more about about this podcast is about to be canceled. What? Um, no, we're not. how? Ain't nobody gonna cancel us over titties. Everyone likes titties. It's true. We we don't have enough downloads. To, <laughs> we don't have enough downloads to constitute a canceling. Um. We can learn more about ways to find, ways to listen to us. More information about uh, the uh, Houston's most savage podcast, and of course, uh, ways to buy merch and ways to become a patron uh, and support independent black content. We'll be back with your listener letters and the top three STFUs. This is Houston's most savage, savage. podcast. Pour up. Clap, white people. And we are back. We are black. We are opinionated. I might be a little buzzed. A little bit. Oh, man, this ain't enough. Probably not. Enough. Probably not. I'm just I'm just feeling chill. Um did I miss anything? I must I probably didn't. 
it's, it is time for your listener letters. Uh-oh. Um, Lawson Thompson, our newest patron. Hey, hey. Uh, he had two questions. He wanted to know, favorite Buffy episode and favorite Angel episode. Were you a Buffy person? Not at all. Okay. Zero percent. Buffy and Angel was definitely my favorite shit at the time. Um, once, once they crossed over into Angel and spun off into that, Angel was definitely the superior show for me. I've probably seen every episode of Angel all the way through no less than 15 times. Because at, at one point, TNT used to play like a two or three hour block of Angel. Like they do Bones now? Yeah. Oh, they, oh it's Bones now? They, they, okay. they are just on I know they David do. Borealis is nuts. I, they are. Because uh, I, I know they did that for Arrow for a minute. Um, but yeah, when I was, when I began up getting ready for school, it, it was, it was angel. And so for as long as I had to get up and get ready for either school or work, that was the vibes. And so angel was definitely the superior show for me. I'll answer this, this question. As far as Buffy goes, Oh, my favorite, let's see a favorite Buffy episode. Damn. Man, there's a there's a couple of good um candidates. Anything that flashed back to like when Angel was evil back in the colonial times or whatever. Um but probably the most memorable one for me was when Spike uh cuz at, at one point Buffy wanted to understand the cycle of slayers dying on the job, basically. And Spike had killed the last two slayers from those generations. So she, he went to, so he, she went to reach out to him to understand what it was that they, that, that whatever it was that they, that element that they were missing where they didn't last through that fight or whatever. And, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed those flashbacks because he 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 killed the Slayer during the Boxer Rebellion. This is a Chinese chick that knew that knew kung fu, and in he killed a black. It was a black woman in New York who was a Slayer who looked straight up Foxy Cleopatra. That he beat her up on the subway. Um, and I I forgot who played her at the time, but. Uh, what was it? Nikki Wood, and they made a whole storyline out of it later, where uh, DB Woodside was his was her son and wanted to get revenge or whatever. I forgot who it was that played Nikki Wood, but she was hot. Um, so that was a favorite Buffy episode. Um, favorite Angel episode, probably. And, and again, Spike is not my favorite Buffy verse character at all. But it was when Spike showed up in the final season of Angel because Angel and Spike used to be friends when Angel was evil and have a very fucked up kind of love-hate frenemy relationship now that Angel is a good guy and Spike is a bad guy that really wants to be a good guy. And they both have also fucked Buffy. Um, so it was basically them trying to solve this case 
while just completely hating each other and Spike just intentionally being around, getting on his fucking nerves. And he's trying to and he's trying to solve the case. He's like, I'm here, I'm from Angel Investigations, and Spike is just smart mouthing in the back. He's like, Yeah, I'm his date. And the whole season was like that, and it would probably be between that episode and the final episode of Angel, because that really sent them out on a good note. And and very fitting that Angel's last line is, I want to slay the dragon. Um I, yeah, I was a big so yeah, I was a big Buffyverse fan. Uh, even though now everyone has stepped up, everyone with a pulse has stepped up and been like, "Oh, by the oh by the way, the Justice League people aren't kidding. Joss Whedon was a piece of shit." Damn. Oh yeah, because um, when all that shit happened with Ray Fisher, um, Charisma Carpenter, who played Cordelia in the Buffyverse. Stepped up and was like, oh, well, social media wasn't a thing back then. So a lot of people don't know. But I went through a lot of bullshit um, on my way out of that show. Because she got pregnant. I think I remember reading that. She got pregnant and Joss Whedon was pissed because it ruined all the plans he had for the story and her character and all this. And he was very controlling and very... and and harassed her about this profusely and ended up having to write her having to write her character out or put her character in a coma or something but then more and more after that more and more people that had been involved with that project were like oh yeah oh he was very intense he was very much a piece of shit oh no he fucked with us bad and that's why that's why I had that it would always be a different person that's why I had what limited experience I had with that show, so forth and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so yeah, just some useless Buffy trivia little, for the you. Noisy dog you heard barking just now. His name is Spike, and he was named after the Spike character on really the, that series of shows. Yes, ah, I did not know that. I did not name him. <laughs> um, uh, Lawson Thompson also wants to know. Favorite wrestler growing up, and if you still watch, who is it now? Oh, I'm going to let you take the lead on oh. that one. <clears throat> <clears throat> stretch. Uh, favorite. Get a little stretch in. Favorite wrestler yeah. growing up, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, oh. Yep. He, uh, well, first of all, he had a snake named Damien. Ah. Let's go. Uh, but also, he was... He was one of the most physically unassuming wrestlers you could see. He just looked like a redneck that walked off the street. He did with a with a old the old E eight hundred in his hand and, and a cigarette in his mouth and just started fighting and then did his business and went home. He definitely looks like a. He definitely looks like he's a he 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 scored four touchdowns in one game in high school. <laughs> And definitely yeah. comes up to the to the young to the to the varsity team even to this day. Yeah, go you, you get out you get out there get you one of these. Yeah, shows him shows him his ring from like seventy nine. Get you tr- one. Get out there. He's a truck driver now. Get yeah. out there. Get done, son. Get you yeah. one of these. Do everything that I couldn't do. But don't he miss, was don't but miss a second of it. The thing that I that I always admired about Jake the Snake and I and I didn't. I didn't fully understand this until I got older. Was that 
he really brought a certain psychology to wrestling mm-hmm. where it you know he he made it always appear like he was playing mind games with you. He was just very intimidating just by his looks alone and he had the DDT which I mean it's just a common move today but at the time it could just catch you slipping from nowhere. And rock that ass. I remember. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. And uh I mean now also I have to throw in my favorite tag team. Okay. The Road Warriors. Oh, shit. I do remember the Road Warriors. Okay. Because they just came in and just smashed. Yeah. They just came in and smashed and then and then got the hell out. Yeah, they and, did what they had to do. Yeah. So that was, you know, that, that, was, that was dope. Uh, they said then and now? Yeah. Ha. Ah, now was a little trickier. Okay. Um, now it's a little trickier because it, it, it takes me, it'll take me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Because I, I have a different appreciation for wrestling now than I did before. And I have the tendency now to, to recognize people who are more or less on the, on the come up. There's a lot of good people. There's a lot of good wrestlers out there. And I, and I think the list of people, in my opinion, that kind of have the complete package, and some of you may or may not know some of these people. Um. I think AJ Styles is one of the most complete wrestlers ever made. Uh, Brian Danielson is a very, 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 very good technical wrestler um, and get a lot of things. Uh, I enjoy the transformation of Roman Reigns ah. from a just a mid-type wrestler to a genuinely engaging heel character. He has come along. Yeah. I, I I love I love watching him as a bad guy because mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know what are you gonna do? That's that's just kind of his whole thing. Like well, I, I I smashed everybody. Yeah, he yeah. has come along. I do like him. Yeah, I, I really like I like that character. And uh, yeah, I mean there's there's actually a, a longer list of names that I kind of like now. I don't I don't necessarily have a standout favorite mm-hmm. right now, so to speak, because I I also am not. Even though I do watch wrestling, I'm not as engaged as I used to be. Of course, yeah. Um, I think Ric Flair is one of the goats, obviously. Oh, yeah. Ric Flair is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Again, only had two moves. But, <laughs> but he was, he's, he's, just, he's just very good at what he did. Anyway, that, that ends my nerd moment for now. Um, for me, growing up, uh, two names stand out above all to this day. One of them is Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. the God, the Heartbreak Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a scene in uh, the the comic I'm working on right now, Shogun of Harlem, where so far someone definitely hands out sweet chin music. Hmm. Sweet chin music is for me just one of the best finishers ever of all time. That's it. Just a kick, a super kick. Just a right. Just put your L, kick the the athleticism involved into one kicking that high, and yeah. two putting your whole body into it. Yeah, Shawn Michaels was the god. Um, also, shout out to Shawn Michaels, who has just recently been promoted. I heard, I think he's the VP of talent scouting, something like mm-hmm. that. Talent something. Yeah. Talent retaining and it's something like that. He's he's basically taking Triple H's old position. 
Ah, now right. that Vince McMahon has retired, um, probably due to the allegations against him. I was going to say, get him the fuck out of here. They're basically undoing a lot of the bad decisions that Vince made in the last and couple of years. And there are so many. Yeah, all the people that he fired, they're slowly bringing back now. Ah, <laughs> very good. And, uh, yeah, so so Triple H got a promotion. Everyone assumes that either Triple H or Stephanie are going to have control of the company one day. Right. And then Shawn Michaels took over the role that Triple H did, which has been very good for the crop of talent that they've had coming in. Like, you've had two guys who've done it on a high level, a very high level, the highest level of yeah. the game, and who have a good rapport with with other wrestlers in there. And to put them in developmental roles like this has made the difference for a lot of people's careers. Especially in an industry, and in particular, a company yeah. that has historically been shitty to to the talent there. Um. So, yeah, salute to Shawn Michaels. Actually, actually, I hit him with some air horns. Um, that... Even that, even that theme song is still iconic, man. Sexy boy. Oh man, that was my shit. Um, I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. Oh man, that, you know y'all now y'all bringing it back. Um, the other the other great from back in the day, just forever, just oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the God. Three sixteen, motherfucker. Um, everything about him appealed to me in that he just did. He was so Texas; it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these wrestlers are super Texas, but Stone Cold was just what the modern Texas don't give a fuck, dude. And He's one of those likable rednecks. Correct. You know how rednecks fall into two categories for me? I either hate the shit out of you or you are the coolest person to be around. Basically, either likable or racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Stone Cold was, it, it, I mean, I, I didn't know that now. and We know, for good or bad, we know more about these people because of social media now. Stone Cold is definitely a dude that does not give a fuck what you look like, mm-hmm. doesn't give a fuck where you're from, mm-hmm. doesn't give a fuck who's in your bedroom, um, and is accepting to everyone. I know that now. Having said that, back then, none of that mattered. Mm-hmm. None of that mattered as compared to him just always being out to upset the system, mm-hmm. just fucking with Vince McMahon at all times. He stunned him and those old men, that Bob Backlund, and not Bob Backlund, it wasn't Bob Pat Backlund. Patterson. Pat Patterson and, uh, oh, I can't remember. It was, he had these two old wash dudes with him Gerald all the time. Gerald Briscoe. Yes. And they always got the business <laughs> end of a Stone Cold Stunner every fucking week. Yeah. And the my favorite... Easily one of my favorite, and of course The Rock is a favorite, but that, that, that's just, anyway. Yeah. But one of my favorite moments in wrestling of all time is like, at, you know, Stone Cold, Stone Cold was fired. You know, Vince McMahon did this all the time. On, on the, He would say, you're fired, and he'd have all his people from the corporation watching the doors, and you, he did the, the good guy would have to beat all their asses to get to the ring. And 
they were like, Stone Cold isn't even allowed in the building. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, a big-ass Coors truck just drives, just drives through the gates, drives down the ramp, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is on it, and he jumps off the and he jumps off the truck and gets to beating everybody's ass mm-hmm. and Stone Cold stunning everybody in the fucking ring. Absolutely. And the best thing about Stone Cold was that he would knock your ass out, and once you were down, he get he'd get on the on the on the floor and get all in your face with just spit and beer flying in your face <laughs> and just yelling at you. <laughs> Boy, Stone Cold 316, he did not give a fuck. I loved it. Um, and I loved it even more when it was the it was at one point it was a war between him and The Rock. Um, cuz The Rock was everybody's other favorite. Mm-hmm. And he would show up during your he would show up during your big talk shit speech and be like, "Who is this on The Rock show?" They called they named SmackDown after something The Rock said. Correct. And it's like, who are you on The Rock show? I remember when Chris Jericho first came to WWF or E or whatever. And he's like, who are you on The Rock show? And you didn't even introduce yourself. Didn't you hear me? My name? It doesn't matter what your name is. doesn't matter. Didn't give a fuck. I love I, The whole Attitude Era was my shit. I think that's what they call it, the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. All of that was my shit. All of that, and I'm old enough to remember before they added the 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 Attitude Era, because I remember, uh, you know, back in the day it was uh, Tatanka who was my dude, uh, Rikishi, and all them motherfuckers. Um, so yeah, I the, the wrestling was definitely a huge part of me becoming a writer and a creative to to this day. Just the over all the overblown, over the top shit. I love a good over-the-top storyline. It's still an incredible art form. Very much so. Um, Bret Hart was probably another favorite. Mm. Rest in peace. Uh, not, not, no, Owen Hart died. Owen Hart died. Uh, Bret Hart is still fighting cancer. Fuck cancer. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was also. Yes. And Ricky, he could still go. Oh, man. And. You know, I remember long enough to remember when it wasn't a when it was a big deal when celebrities would come on and mm-hmm. wrestle and get their ass whooped. Uh, Lawrence Taylor <laughs> showed up and beat a British Bulldog's ass. Mike Tyson famously <laughs> appeared oh at one of the WrestleManias. Yes, he did. Mr. T. Mr. T. Um, there was a lot of Dennis Rodman. Mm. Uh, if you remember, uh, I remember WCW. WCW. with the NWO. Actually, actually skipped a Bulls playoff game. Yes, or he, he did. Skipped, well, he skipped a practice, actually. Yeah, we found that out. Yeah. That, they, that was in the, the documentary, right? It was in the last yeah. dance. He, he, he wanted to take some time off. And they were like, all right, I guess. And then that same night, he was on TV with WCW. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. It was on there, and then the next, I guess the next morning was with uh with the, with the team again. With the team, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, so that was that was that was a pretty good trip down memory lane. Um, thank you, our newest patron, Lawson Thompson, uh, for your contrib- contribution <laughs> and for the listener letter. Um, Y'all know what to do, man. Opinionswhileblack at gmail.com is where you want to be. 
Um, also, uh, opinionswhileblack.com has all of our social media information where if you must track us down, you can. Um, and with that said, it is time for the top three STFUs. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck shut up? The fuck up. Uh, got a couple of runners up. Uh, first runner up is the weirdest former athlete podcaster. Shannon Crowder wanted us to know that when he was playing in the NFL, he did not take restroom breaks. He would just deliberately piss his pants. Hmm? He would not go to the restroom at any point. He would just piss his pants on the field. Um. And his rationale was, well, nobody in the audience could tell. Bro, if we end up in a pile somehow, and there's just like <laughs> piss residue wiping off on me, we're in a fight. We're either gonna fight. Right, well, I'm just like time out, y'all. We gotta we gotta do something about your boy, y'all. We gotta do something about your boy. What kind of what kind of NFL? Could you just imagine they would have to publicly address a rule this about a, pissing your pants? Yeah. That is wild. That's a weird name. You know, I used to, you know, Allen Iverson used to always talk about how he would not bathe the night before games because he he wanted to be extra ripe in the underarms in case, you know, someone wanted to to guard him. You know, it made the defender less less inclined. I bet it did. Yeah, because his his underarms would be too rank. I'm like, ah, that's bad enough. But, man, to actually take an adult piss (laughs) – I hope you're not wearing the home jerseys, man. <laughs> Team colors are red and white and yellow. <laughs> what a weirdo, man! And and this is we've already he did, oh he and and then this is somebody that doesn't like regularly bathe, and when he does, he only hits quote unquote the hot spots. Oh, he's the same dude. Okay, all right. Well, now we know you extra nasty, nigga. And. Wants to be around other naked people at a nudist thing. So I wonder how he handles restroom breaks at the nudist colony. Well, I'm, I hopefully, I'm sure his wife gets him together. I just, I just walk out into the water and pee like everybody else. Oh, no. Hmm? But you can't do that at all these little exotic places. I was, Shit. I was, well, I was, they don't know what you're doing out in that water. Well, no, they don't. But what I mean is, I, like, I was just watching, speaking of wrestling, it all comes back around. The rundown, and there's that scene that's based in reality where The Rock and Rosario Dawson and all of them have to go in the water, and she says, "Don't pee in the water." He says, "Why?" He's like, "Because the she's like because the Kandiru, a parasite, will swim uh, will swim into into your stream and into your pal." And she says, and "He says, what does that mean?" Uh, it means it'll, it'll swim swim up your It'll swim up your dick, and when it does, you can't get it out. And he says, and then what? Uh, they have to amputate. And he zipped up his pants quick. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> but where were they? Um, Like Brazil. Yeah, if I'm out in the Caribbean, I'm, I'm taking it piss. <laughs> I'm walking about 50 Christ. yards out, and I'm, I'm taking it piss. Because um, there ain't no restroom anywhere around. Well, that's also true. Um, the other runner-up is Brittany Renner. 
Brittany Renner was on some nondescript podcast uh, defending uh, being in your 30-plus and dating an 18-year-old. I can't imagine why. It's almost as if she was in her 30s. She wants to be predatory so bad. <laughs> Fail. Like, so, oh, what is, her, what is her, happening? Her whole, her whole thing, every stop of the way has been... Watch out for your young sons. I'm going to capitalize how dumb, capitalize on how dumb they how are. Fucking stupid. And they get are. over on them. Like she is wild predatory. And, and people are going to say, "Well, y'all don't say anything when men do it." Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, we do. We we still talk about how creepy that shit is. How niggas be waiting for someone to turn 18. We just got through talking about so they shit. can legally beat off to them. Um, we, how weird it was. How weird it is that uh, Diddy was fucking with Lori Harvey. Lori Harvey couldn't have even been 20. Um, but Diddy's a fucking And Brittany Renner knows that men her age and older aren't going to fall for her shit, which Correct. I think is one reason why she targets young dudes who, who find her impressive. Like, if, if y'all ever really, really look at her, and, and I'm not just going off looks like she's very mid overall i'll say she's i'm I'm not into it like she is she's not really that nope you know she she tries to poke her ass out as much as she can but she's really not she's really not that i'll say she's not anything to write home about so she preys on people who are dumb enough to fall for that shit yes she does which is young dudes um and it's just nasty it's i was saying off air this is everything that i hated about her revolutionizing the Corinne Steffens model. She did her bullshit. Then she tried, and this is all in her trying to monetize her bullshit. Cause now she's making the rounds. She'll do, she'll do these podcasts and try to be controversial. She was on fresh and fit. She was on Kevin Samuels podcast. Um, allegedly maybe went out on dates with Kevin Samuels. Um, this is all her trying to monetize the fuck shit. And then she's going to go right back around to finding another victim. I do appreciate the fact that on, on the clip that I saw from this podcast that you were talking about, she was talking to, well, one of the people on there was someone else, a, a lady who was, who was a mother. Yeah. And she was like, you know, I, I would have a problem with my son dating a woman. You know, my son turning 18 and dating a woman in her 30s. And, you know, Brittany, you know, immediately jumped in like, well, you know, but, but when, when, you know, when men blah, 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 she was like, but wait a minute. I also would have a problem with my son in his 30s dating an 18 year old. Right. And, you know, Brittany she tried, she, she tried, well, it. she, she initially kind of tried to weasel in on what, and the woman was like, that's, that's what I'm talking to my son about. Right. You know, both ways. Right. For him is wrong because he doesn't have, he, at 18, he doesn't have the life experiences to compete with what a with a thirty year old plus a thirty plus year old woman has, and he can easily be taken advantage of, and the opposite is true if he's thirty, and she's eighteen, right? So, you know, and 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 the other thing that I, I doubt that they'll even go into in the conversation is that the older you get, that twelve year gap is actually narrower and narrower. So there's a so. There's a difference between a 30-year-old dating an 18-year-old and a 60-year-old dating a 48-year-old. 
Correct. You know, so there there is a difference in maturity level. There's life experience, right? There. So you know, don't don't get it. Like, y'all, Brittany Renner just wants to be predatory. Very much so. That's all it is. Very much so. Um, uh, number three. See how much fuck shit we've had, and we haven't even gotten to the meat. Number three is Irv Gotti. Irv Gotti is still out here. At this point, seemingly profiting or seemingly trying to make his name on being on praying on when he prayed on Ashanti. Um, there have been uh, he's been circulating clips from the Murder Inc. documentary. Mm-hmm. And one of them is basically talking about how he started fucking Ashanti and how he was just ready to pounce on her. And it. It put into context for me how young Ashanti was, because I, you know, I was I was in like high school, and you don't think about that kind of mm-hmm. shit then. Um, he was definitely preying on a on a chick that was barely in her twenties, if even. From what I can tell, I don't know the exact numbers. Sounds about right, though. But that sounds about for the right, music yeah. industry. Oh yeah, yeah, get him in as young as you can. And it rem- and it it further reminds me. Of what I've always said, that Aaliyah would not have stood a chance had she lived. She wasn't standing a chance as it was, but has she gotten away from all that R. Kelly shit? But getting after that and moving on, and even even her even the way she was they she was the circle she was around towards her death. Aaliyah would not have stood a chance. Still surprised that Beyonce made it through. Because that's a bigger machine. Um, but Irv Gotti got a chill. I don't know what it is right now about industry niggas being little little uh, whiny bitches about shit that happened 20 years ago. Because they always whine over the one that they lost. Dame out here still whining about uh, Jay-Z. And now, that now he'll put... Uh, Kanye as his as as his greatest Rockefeller Rock Nation creation over Jay Z now. He's still being a he's still being a little hurt bitch about that. Um, all that to say, Irv got got to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You got bigger problems. You got to do something about that hairline, bro. He's light skinned. He will not. He will not let go of that hairline. He won't. It's okay. What is it about light skinned niggas that just won't let go? It'll, it'll eventually let go of him. <laughs> He's just gonna hang on to that even all over till he die. Um, him and um, I don't know if it's fresh or fit, but they got that shit too. They, you gotta let that go, bro. Um, number two is Carl Crawford. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion's former, I guess, producer, label person. Mm-hmm. He's still out here on that bullshit. For those of you who don't know, there's been an ongoing tug-of-war behind-the-scenes battle between Megan Thee Stallion, Rock Nation, who she's with now, and Carl Crawford's production company and his label. Because... 
I don't know the context of how she got out of that deal or if she's technically out of that deal or not. Carl Crawford is out here mad, and he's being a whiny bitch about it because now he's say, he's on Instagram saying shit about how Megan isn't really from Houston, which is kind of not true. Um, he has, uh, without naming anyone, he has much larger backing now, so he feels emboldened to say the stupid shit he's saying. Megan Thee Stallion, it, she has not been secretive about the fact that she was, in fact, born in San Antonio and grew up here in Houston. She still had the same experiences as anybody else that was born here. Um, Beyonce's not really from Third Ward. She's from the southwest side. She still throws up Third Ward, and we still let her, and it's fine. Bun B is from an, an entirely different city altogether. And Bun B is from Port Arthur. And y'all have made him an ambassador. Correct. Of Houston. Ten toes down. Um, Where's the same energy? Drake. Hmm. Drake has a whole weekend named after him. Baby. Has a whole weekend named after him. Is down here any and every time he wants um, to patronize our uh, eclectic uh, stripper sector. <laughs> and y'all don't say shit to him. Uh, he bites the he, uh, he he bites the Houston sound all the time, but because he has the backing of certain people, nothing is said about it. And I don't it, honestly, I don't care because as long as it slaps, right? Um, Lizzo, we could do the same thing. I don't think Lizzo was born here, but she grew up here. Good enough. Also, why do y'all give a shit? Why does that matter? Well, it, it, to be fair, nobody actually cares that uh, that Carl Crawford is saying these things. So I'm saying, why does Carl Crawford? Why does Carl Crawford care? Because he'll do anything to slander her. This is just the same shit as when they tried to put out Megan Megan's grades from her early college years. Mm-hmm. Everybody's grades were bad in their early college years. Um, fam. Somebody on Facebook said it, and it's the honest to God truth. Megan seems to represent all these things that niggas like and that niggas and, and, and that niggas are attracted to, and yet niggas seem to stop at nothing to try to humble her. Because they can't have it. It's because they can't have her and that she represents all these things on her terms. Carl Crawford is no different. Um... And honestly, once he gets out of this legal battle, which I don't want to comment too much on because I don't know all the particulars, mm-hmm. this will be this will be the most anyone ever talks about Carl Crawford. This and him fumbling Evelyn Lozada. So it would do it would do Carl Crawford well to just keep this in the courts and shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. You're a little too old to be a gossipy bitch on IG. Um, and the number one person who should shut the fuck up, uh, it should be no surprise. This one happened kind of fast. Aries Spears. <laughs> I never thought I would have to ha- have Aries Spears on the list. 
First of all, like the third, fourth funniest black person on Mad TV, which was like 15 years ago. Let's start there. Um, Damn. What did Ari Spears do? Um, what did Ari Spears do, Oz? Well, this nigga was talking shit about Lizzo in an interview. I am going to assume Vlad. Just the camera angle, and I didn't see. I didn't see who he, who was asking the questions. I didn't hear who was asking the questions. I'm going to assume Vlad. Um, in which case, fuck Vlad too, because you knew what answers you were looking for when you asked him these questions about Lizzo, which didn't have shit to do with anything Ari Spears had going on. Which is nothing. And he went and talked about he talked all this shit about, oh well, you know, the women the women are all about sisterhood. And if they were really cared about sisterhood, they would tell Lizzo to put the E Claire down. I don't know if y'all have seen Ari Spears lately. But he is a he is a carnival cruise away from being Jason Whitlock. It's bad when Mike Epps <laughs> has shit to say about him. This is what he said about Aries Spears. Mike Epps now. He looked dirty and sick and has not been on TV since Mad TV. He hasn't. It's true. It's true. He's not wrong. Uh, let's go ahead and give Mike, Mike Epps the air horns. Um, and he does. He, looks, he, he does not look well. He looks like his he, he looks like his he looks like his relationship with a treadmill is prodigal son at best. Mm, damn. Um very very appropriately he has those big circles around his eyes. Um like a raccoon. <laughs> appropriately. Ari Spears is the embodiment of niggas now who are not remotely at their peak or their prime or even at their middle and have all the shit to say about what a woman should look like, what she should be doing, what she should not be. We have evidence that Lizzo is not unhealthy. Lizzo's always, Lizzo is always doing all that juicing bullshit. She's always uh, showing us her exercise routine. She plays the flute and dances on stage for hours at a time. We don't have any of that we can say about Aerie Spears. I don't know if Aerie Spears can make it to his front door in the morning without breaking a sweat and being winded. He has some fucking nerve. And this is how the and this is how what women are complaining the niggas are like now. Mm-hmm. Niggas who are in no position to say the things that they say are saying the things that they say. Yeah. Sir. You got a type A personality and type 2 diabetes. (sighs) Who the fuck are you talking about? Also, the next nigga to talk about my woman, I'm slapping the shit out of them. There, there will definitely be a segment. 
for the next person that talks about her. There will definitely be a segment. The next, the next shit I hear talked about Lizzo. You don't even have to be a celebrity. Uh oh. Just be a nigga I ran into on Facebook. That means I'm gonna have to get on Facebook and watch out now. I'm gonna be messy as shit. Slapped. Oh, I'll, I'll uh, let you know when it happens. Uh, you see what he said? Ooh, I bet you won't slap him. Bet you won't slap him. Bet you won't slap him. Oh, I'll let you know when and where it happens, so I can so I can tag you in. And you can get out at your leisure. Uh, fuck Ari Spears. When I tell you, I mean, he had the little voices, the the little voices and impressions that he did. He was not remotely the best thing that we ever got out of Mad TV. Mm-mm. I mean, he was on there. We're talking about Orlando. Orlando Jones. Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar, the God. Will Sasso. Will Sasso was on there. Uh, Frank Caliendo. Frank Caliendo, Deborah Wilson. It was a lot of. Uh, uh, McDonald, what's his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a, a, the lady who did the. Because the, um, she's, she's still in stuff. The lady who did the, the, miss, the, the Asian lady. Uh, he looking like a man? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good talent on yeah. Mad TV. And Mad TV, by the way, just did circles around Saturday Night Live. And you were probably the least of these people. <laughs> you did voices, and that was it. You were the yeah. Jay Pharoah. You were the Jay Pharoah. <laughs> Damn. That comedy special he did didn't even slap. Who? Harry Spears. Oh, I... I- Never watch anything. I don't even think he got a full 45 minutes to an hour. It was like Damn. 30 minutes. Who still gets 30-minute comedy specials? Exactly. Some people do. Like Ray Romano because he feels like it. No, what? Uh, even uh, Gerard Carmichael. He's even. Anyway, I digress. Fuck Ari Spears. Yeah. Honestly. Um. And if she puts the eclair down, you ain't going to do nothing but snatch it off the table. Mm. So, you know, um, get some of them apple cider vinegar gummies and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up! Fuck off. Next nigga talk about my woman is going to be on. Uh... Also, she is in real life. She is getting, she is engaged. So, congratulations to that. Um, go ahead and clap, white people. I just want to reiterate: it is almost as if everything Kevin Samuels had to say about plus size women was wrong, or everything was wrong. Um, well, they outlived him. <sighs> Whoa, that is, oh, true, very true. D. Randall, did we do a podcast? We certainly did, even with a dog staring me down the entire time, ready to go outside. (laughs) Y'all, church announcements, sir? Okay, so the dog had church announcements. Um. (laughs) Did uh you said you were gonna have there was gonna be a phone call last week? Yeah. Um Radio Galaxy will be performing soon. Um I will have details soon. So that's that's uh, they were they were confirmed this week, but I'm not gonna 
give all the details yet until everything is finalized. But yes, right on. They're yes, about, they're about to start performing again. Let's go. And uh, yeah, get to have a front row seat to it all. I'm excited. All right. Um, I got nothing. Still working on stuff. Still being trying to be the hardest working man in something. So <laughs> hardest working unemployed man in something. Um. Guys, thank you so much. As always, it is an honor and a pleasure to take this journey with you. Um, Y'all know where we can be found. Uh, I'm Let's Get Free 13. He is usually in most things at Damian Randall. Yeah. Um, Become a patron. Uh, Look up Opinions While Black on Patreon. There will probably be a link in the description, uh, so forth and so forth. Other than that, we will be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Y'all know what it is. We're we're going to be here to help you get through these things. Um, just like y'all are here for us. Wash your hands. Stop touching shit. <laughs> this has been episode 194. Yep, yep. Of Opinions While Black. I have been Oz. I'm D. Randall. And as always, forever imparting titties. Big ass titties. <laughs>